may be seated uh, in God's house. Um, so, so I gotta, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you what's happening because we jumped in in the middle, and you know we gotta set uh, the context. All right. So here's what's happening. Last week we talked about the fact that Peter and John are going into the temple. They have uh, an encounter with a crippled man who's laying at the gate of the temple. They heal the man uh, in the name of Jesus. This is the first miracle that the disciples or apostles uh, are able to uh, uh, perform since the ascension of Jesus Christ. Uh, right before they perform this miracle, uh, they have just had their first experience with the Holy Spirit, which is why we celebrated Pentecost Sunday last week, because this is the first showing of the Holy Spirit. Now, what happens after they heal the man, I need y'all to see something real quick. Go go back, go back real quick uh, to Acts 3. Go back to Acts 3 real quick, because I want you to see this real quick. Um, we got we gotta set, we gotta set the context for everything that's going on right now. Um, let's see, Acts 3. Because uh, there's something very important uh, I want you to see. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, this is after, after they healed a man, all the people see him up, walking around, praising God. And they realized who he was, realized that this wasn't just anybody praising God. This was the man that was at the gate every day. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 then says, they all rushed out in amazement to Sol Solomon's colonnade or porch where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Now, this is important. The reason why I want you to see that is because I need you to understand how beneficial spiritual relationships are. Okay, so this man receives a healing. And although Peter and John heal the man in Jesus's name, the man attaches himself to Peter and John. This this is important. This this teaches us that that we need to have strong relationships with people who can intercede on our behalf. OK, OK, so so this this attachment, it says he's holding on tightly. Uh, to Peter and John. Now he ain't never walked before in his life, so he would he would be within his rights to to just go and experience just being able to walk around freely on his own. But the Bible says he attaches himself to Peter and John, and I need us to understand. I need us to understand that good, bad, or indifferent, we have to be very careful and intentional about who we attach ourselves to. OK, you, you want to make sure that you're attached to some people that can pray for you and pray with you. You, you want to make sure that you can attach yourself to some people that will go to God on your behalf. And you want to make sure that you're attached to some people where you can do the same for them. OK, now now this 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 whole this whole scene, this whole scene begins to shift everything in the city because because the Bible says then in verse 12 that Peter saw his opportunity and then addresses the crowd. And so when he makes his address to the crowd, he explains to them that we didn't heal this man on our own power. We healed this man because there is, in fact, power in the name of Jesus. And because because we we handled his situation and we gave it to Jesus, that's why you see what it is you see. And he says he says this is the same Jesus. This is the same Jesus that you offered up to the Roman soldiers to be crucified and he did nothing wrong. This is the same Jesus that you chose a, no, a known criminal to be released and Jesus to be sentenced to death. This is the same Jesus, the same Jesus whose name we use to heal this man. This is the same Jesus that y'all traded. This is the same Jesus that y'all crucified. This is the same Jesus. But Peter says there is in fact good news because when y'all offered him up for crucifixion, all you did was fulfill the prophecy. So, so Peter says, Peter says all the way back from the prophet Samuel, all of this stuff was prophesying that Jesus had to die. And it's a good thing that he died because he died for our sins. And, and we understand now that there is, uh, that although 
there is power in his death there's greater power in his resurrection so peter says peter says now we know that jesus has died has been has been born he died he resurrected he ascended and because of all of that now you have an opportunity for the sins that you've committed to be wiped away so he says all you got to do is believe in this same jesus the same jesus that you gave to the roman soldiers the same jesus whose name we used to heal this man if all you got to do is commit to the same jesus and your sins will be wiped away. So Peter uses this as an opportunity to share the gospel with the people, helping them to understand how it is they can come into a real, true, saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And then, y'all, and then what happens in verse four, I'm, I'm sorry, in chapter four, is that some religious leaders, some priests, the captain of the temple guard, some Sadducees, they hear this conversation that Peter is having with the people, and they grab Peter and John and arrest them. And the Bible says that because they arrested them late at night, they didn't get to court until the next day. Okay. All right. Some of y'all don't, some of y'all know a little bit more about that than others. You get arrested too late. You ain't. <laughs> some, some, some of my clients at work, some of my clients at work, you know, they, they do some different things and they might call me and they say, hey, man, uh, I really want to do the right thing. And I found out I got a warrant. Uh, and I, I just want to turn myself in. I got the money. I can bail myself out. I want to turn myself in. I'm not really sure of the process. Uh, can, can you help me through it? Can you walk me through it? The first thing I tell them is don't do it on a Friday. Because you turn yourself in on a Friday, you're going to sit all weekend <laughs> until Monday. So we, we, we can do the right thing, but let's, let's, let's either do it on Thursday or we're just going to wait till Monday. Don't do it on Friday because if it gets too late, you're going you're gonna to have to sit. And, and so the Bible says that Peter and John get arrested because it's late. They don't get they don't get to court until the next morning. Here's the problem with the fact that they don't get to court until the next morning. The problem with the fact that they don't get to court until the next morning is that the court they go to is the court of public opinion. Okay, that that's the problem. That's the problem. The problem is that the the court that they have to attend, the court they, that they have to attend, uh, uh, their 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 future. Uh, is seemingly in the hands of the mood of some religious leaders. Okay, and and so and so they they ask Peter and John. Finally, they get to court the next morning. They ask Peter and John. They say, "Listen, um, listen, uh, we 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 know we know that that you have something to do uh, with this with this miracle, um, uh, but but we we need to know under whose power, under whose authority, who." Who gave you the power uh, to work this miracle? Okay, now, um, now th this isn't this question. This question is is really a setup question. It's a trick question. Okay, because Peter and John are known followers of Jesus. Okay, so th this is this is really a, a trick question, and 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 really, y'all, really, really, they didn't get arrested. They didn't really get arrested because they healed the man okay they really didn't even get arrested because they healed the man in the name of jesus the reason why they got arrested is because after they healed the man in the name of jesus they start preaching the gospel the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ that's why they got arrested as a matter of fact in chapter 4 verse 2 the bible says that the religious leaders were disturbed that they were preaching jesus's resurrection from the dead they don't have a problem with him teaching and preaching Jesus's birth. They don't have a problem even with them preaching and teaching Jesus's death. They have a problem with him preaching and teaching Jesus's resurrection because if, G if Jesus is truly resurrected, number one, they, they have to acknowledge that they made a mistake because they actually crucified the Savior. Also, they are disturbed by this fact because now they're they're no longer going to be able to manipulate and control people by religion because now it's being taught that you can have your own personal relationship with the Messiah. So that messes up their whole institution. So they don't want anybody preaching about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So they convened this council. They asked Peter and John, who gave you the power? Who gave you the authority? Under what name uh, have you done this? Then check this out. Y'all look at verse eight. In verse eight, it says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Now, now, uh, uh, understand, understand, understand. Peter just came 
from church where we where, where we see the first manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Now Peter's now Peter's in court. They say, who under whose name, under whose authority, by whose power have you done this? The Bible says, then Peter with filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, here's the lesson. Here's the lesson. In some situations, you don't talk unless the Spirit of God is telling you what to say. This, this, we get messed up because we start talking, we start talking out of experience, we start talking out of emotion, we start talking, but and you ain't you ain't waiting. Here it is. When the people often ask me, how do I uh, approach preaching and teaching? It's very simple. I speak what the Bible speaks, and I'm quiet where the Bible is quiet. It's, it's very simple. It's very simple. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, um, uh, when 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 my wife and I have conversations, oftentimes it's frustrating to her because when she asks me a question, I need a second to think before I answer. Because I, I need to make sure that what I'm saying is what I mean. And, and I need to make sure that what I'm saying is, is, is not, because sometimes it's not about what you say. Sometimes it's about how you say it. And, and so, and so I, need to, I need to make sure, I need to make sure that my words are seasoned. I, I need to make sure that what I'm saying is clear. And, and I need to make sure that in this moment that the Spirit of God ain't telling me to say nothing. Because sometimes it's not for you to say something. Some, sometimes you, you just got to be quiet and, and let God do whatever God's going to do. But, but it says in verse 8 that Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit and says, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? He says, then let me let me let me clearly state to all of you and all the people of Israel that he was healed by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Now, we talked last week about having proof of the Holy Spirit. More proof of the Holy Spirit is the boldness to speak with clarity. OK, now, Peter's not disrespectful. OK, uh, Peter, 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 Peter's not aggressive. And we know Peter to be aggressive. But 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 you see the shift. You see the shift. We know Peter to be impulsive and aggressive. They come after Jesus. Peter pulls out a sword, chops off a man's ear, and it, and and really, it's likely that he wasn't aiming for the man's ear. It's likely that the man was able to turn, that the guard was able to turn, gets his ear chopped off instead of his head. Peter is very impulsive and aggressive. Peter Peter is the one who's never afraid to say what everybody else is thinking. That, that that's Peter. But watch what happens when he's filled with the spirit. Peter's calm. Peter's cool. And Peter's collected. Peter says, listen, listen, listen. Look, look, look how he look how he respects them. He says rulers and elders of our people. He, he's respecting their authority. He's respecting them. He's calm. And he's he said, I, I don't understand what it is you're asking me. I don't, I don't understand why we're here. But but let me tell you, let me tell you, we're not here of our own power. We're here because of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. And so and so what they do, y'all, what they do after Peter explains this, after Peter explains this, he says, uh, he says, he says, Jesus, the, the same same speech that he gave the other one, the, the, the one that you crucified. OK, he says the one that the scriptures say is the stone that the builders rejected. And has become the chief cornerstone. He says, he says that Jesus, that's the Jesus that gives us our power. And then he says, there is salvation in no one else. Now, y'all missed the whole thing. Y'all don't even realize that Peter just shared the gospel with the people that arrested him. Now, now, un understand, Peter, Peter, Peter shares the gospel with the people that arrested him. And so now it throws him off. Because they're used to Peter being impulsive and aggressive. Peter's cool, calm, and collected, shares the gospel with them. The Bible says in verse 13 that the members of the council were amazed at the boldness of Peter and John. And, and, and they, could, they, they, were, they were confused because they know they didn't have any formal training. And they're trying to figure out how they're functioning in this way. And 
and and and and, and so they it throws them off so tough, y'all, that they have to that they have to take a recess. We we got we got to take a recess. Court court got to be put on hold for a second because now we got to figure out how we gonna handle these people. Now, if Peter if Peter responds how he's known for responding. That response in and of itself is enough to keep him arrested. But because Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit and he's changed from the inside out, and now the change that happens on the inside is now showing on the outside, now they don't have a leg to stand on, so they don't even know how to handle the situation now. Court goes to recess. We, we, we got to go back into the chambers and figure out something else. And so, and so they order Peter and John out of the council chamber and they conferred amongst themselves. That brings us to verse 16 where we need to drop anchor for the day. Now, title of the message, I can't stop now. Now, uh, they want Peter and John, y'all read it, we read it already. They want Peter and John to stop preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. That's what they want. Peter and John say, can't stop. All right, right. Watch this. Verse 16 and 17, verses 16 and 17, um, the Bible says, the Bible says that in their meeting, after they send Peter and John away, in their meeting, they say, what should we do with these men? We can't deny that they have performed a, mir a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. So it says, so to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus's name again. OK, so here we go. Here we go. Peter and John say, I can't stop now. Write this down. In spite of your warning. I can't stop in spite of your warning. Verse 17. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda, propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus's name again. Now, the reason why the reason why these religious leaders want to smother the story is not because the story is false. The reason why they want to smother the story is because the story can't be denied. OK, so we got to we got to understand, we got to be able to understand and identify the tactics of the enemy. You got to you got to know that when the enemy can't discredit you, he'll try to quiet you. OK, uh, because because what happens is God has done some things in your life that are so extraordinary, that are so astounding, that are so amazing that nobody can deny that it happened. So because I can't discredit that it happened, I'm going to try to suppress it and quiet it. So even though it happened, nobody will know that it happened. OK, so the enemy, the enemy will try to when, when he can't when he can't discredit you, he will try to quiet you. And the reason why the, 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 the story can't be discredited is the same reason why the story can't be quieted. Read the text. The Bible says that we can't deny that they've done a, a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem saw it. So not only can they not discredit the story, but they also can't quiet the story because too many people already know about the story. OK, OK, here it is. Th this is why this is why sometimes y'all this is why sometimes God will allow public processes and procedures. Sometimes God will allow you to go through things in the public eye so that when he brings you out of it, it can't be discredited or quieted. So a lot of times we will try to we will try to suppress our own situation for the sake of privacy, for the sake of embarrassment, for the sake of our own mental sanity. But sometimes God says, I got to allow you to go through some stuff in public and allow people to see the process of me bringing you out. Because if I don't allow everybody to see it, how is anybody going to know that it's possible? If I don't allow you to get sick and be healed publicly, how? How will anybody know that I'll do the same for them if I don't allow you to, to swallow your pride and ask somebody for help when you're in need how will anybody else know that I'm a provider if I don't allow you to go through some scrutiny in the public eye how will anybody know that I'm a protector so sometimes God will allow you to go through some things publicly and he'll allow the public to see the whole process and the whole procedure because God knows that the enemy if he can't shut it down, he'll try to shut you up. 
Okay, so 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 God 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 uh, Peter Peter and John Peter and John understand uh, understand that that it's already happened now. The, the religious leaders understand it's already happening. So they so they say we don't want we don't want them to spread this propaganda any further. Now now here's the problem. Here's the problem. When you when you use a word like propaganda, it automatically implies that the information is untrue. Okay. So so what what's happening is these religious leaders are trying to put a false narrative on a true story. Okay. And, and, and what the enemy will do oftentimes is the enemy will try to put a false narrative on your true story. But, but, but sometimes you, you got to be bold just like Peter and you got to get some Holy Spirit in you and be able to look the enemy dead in the face and say, I know you wish this story wasn't true, but ain't nothing you can do about it. I, I know you wish that this sickness was until death, but it ain't nothing you can do about it. I know you wish that I would have done something stupid because. I didn't have no money in my account, but it ain't nothing you can do. When God, the Bible says that when God is for you, that he's more than the world against you. So I know you wish God didn't have me touch like he had me. To, I know you wish that I wasn't anointed like I'm anointed. I know you wish that I wasn't gifted like I'm gifted. I know you wish I wasn't obedient like I'm obedient, but there ain't nothing you can do about it. And you can't shut me up about it. Peter, Peter and John. Peter and John are in a situation because these religious leaders warned them against speaking in Jesus' name. Now, understand this. Understand this. They, he, they say, they say uh, we warned them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. Now, y'all missed the whole thing because, because the Bible says that they only warn Peter and John not to speak in Jesus' name. They don't warn Peter and John not to speak. Okay. Now, now this is this is this is Peter and John and their experience 2000 years ago, but the truth of the matter is the enemy is still using the same tactics today. Watch this, let me prove it to you. They warned Peter and John about speaking in the name of Jesus. They're okay with Peter and John speaking, but not speaking in the name of Jesus. The same thing is true today. This is why when something good happens to somebody, they think in the universe instead of Jesus. Yeah, this this is this this part is probably going to be a lot of logging off right now. This is why this is why this is why uh, 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 when the Holy Spirit is trying to talk to somebody, is trying to talk to somebody, and then you see them talking about uh, uh, it, it was the vibrations. No, no, fool! It's the Spirit of God trying to help you, and, and you want to give credit to the universe. Forget the universe. I'd rather deal directly with the Creator of the universe. I'm not going to give credit to the lesser being. They don't have a problem with you speaking. They have a problem with you speaking about you. As a matter of fact, y'all, they don't even have a problem with you speaking about God because whoever your God is can be implied by whoever you're talking to. They don't have a problem with you talking about God. They have a problem with you talking about Jesus. And Peter and John are in this situation and they warn them against speaking about Jesus. And watch this, y'all. Peter and John say, regardless of your warnings, I can't stop. I can't stop now. Now, watch this. Y'all don't like none of that. Let's go to point number two. Point number two, Peter and John say, I can't stop now. Why? Because I'm a witness. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. Uh, uh, I can't stop in spite of your warnings because I'm a witness. Look at 18 through 20. So they called the apostles back in because this whole conversation happened without Peter and John. They trying to come up with the plan on how to deal with Peter and John when they come back into the room. So when they come back into the room, the disciples or the apostles are called back in and commanded them. They commanded them never to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? Peter says, we can't stop talking about everything we've seen and heard. Now, let me pause real quick. Let me pause real quick. Can we have Bible study real quick? Just for a few minutes. This is the book of Acts. Uh, this is the book of Acts. The book of Acts is called the Acts of the Apostles, but it's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles or the actions of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. And this book is written by Luke, the physician, but we ain't read nothing about Luke in this story. So we trying to we 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 need to figure out how did Luke get the script of what happened 
in court. How, how did Luke? How did Luke know what was going on in the court? <laughs> Here, if, if this, this is this is only going to be exciting to real Bible lovers. The Bible says the Bible says uh, that the people in the court, that the people in the court, it was it was priests, captain of the temple guard, and Sadducees. Okay, now, so how does Luke how does Luke get this information? Because, because after, after, after all of this, after Christ's ascension, Luke, Luke begins to have a relationship with this apostle named Paul. And a lot of theologians believe that how Luke was able to get the information of what happened in court is that the council that was, that was holding court for Peter and John, the apostle Paul before his conversion was Saul, a persecutor of Christians, was a part of this council. So when Peter shares the gospel, when Peter shares the gospel to this council, he has no idea that he's sharing the gospel with the apostle who's going to write most of the New Testament. <laughs> this, this, is, this is why you got to have boldness in the Holy Spirit because you have no idea who you're sharing this gospel with. So it's very likely that Luke got his information from Paul to be able to write this chapter in the book of Acts. Okay. So 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 they command they command them, watch this, while Peter and John are preaching, they command them not to preach. Because, because you do know that preaching isn't about, isn't about hooping and hollering. Preaching is about declaring the gospel, which is the good news, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's exactly what Peter's doing in this moment. And while he's preaching, they're commanding him not to preach. Mistake. Because they're commanding him, they're commanding him to go against the name of Jesus. And you can't command against the name of Jesus. You, you can't. The, the name of Jesus does the commanding. You can't command against the name of Jesus. So, so, so this is a major mistake. And what Peter and John, what Peter and John are experiencing in this moment is they're experiencing, even if I wanted to comply, I couldn't. I've seen too much and I've heard too much that even if I was scared enough of you to comply, I wouldn't be able to. Okay. All right. Because, because I've walked with Jesus for three and a half years and I've seen the things that he's done. I've heard the things that he said. And there's no way that I can be quiet about all of these experiences even if I wanted to, as a matter of fact, Jeremiah already tried that. Jeremiah said, I'm not preaching no more. God, don't send me to another church. Don't send me to another revival. Don't give me no another sermon. I'm not saying nothing else because the people don't listen anyway. And I'm getting persecuted for preaching in your name. I'm not doing it again. Jeremiah tries it in the Old Testament. And Jeremiah found out the hard way that even if I want wanted to be quiet the goodness of God is too good for me to be quiet on and it becomes like fire shut up in my it feels like I'm burning from the inside and if I don't get the goodness of God out I'm going to burn up so it ain't even possible for me to stop preaching Jesus once I've experienced him ain't no way I can go back now and when people when people begin to fall away from the faith, y'all. When people begin to fall away from the faith, uh, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't question whether or not they have lost their salvation. I question whether or not they have truly experienced the power of God in the first place, because there is nowhere in Scripture where anyone has been in the presence of God and left the same way they came. 
every time you see somebody as a matter of fact as a matter of fact moses experiences god on on countless times he he experiences god at the burning bush and, and his hair turns another color he experiences god he experiences god um uh, uh on the mountain and god says i can't even let you see my glory i gotta i got to, i got to let my glory pass you can see my goodness but you can't you can't see my glory when moses goes up to get the ten commandments he comes back down i've seen I, I, i've seen him raise people from the dead. I've, I've seen them uh, make blind people see. I've seen them uh, uh, make deaf people hear. I've seen them uh, uh, make a dumb person talk. I've, I've, I've seen them take two fish and five loaves of bread and feed more than 5,000. I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've heard him pray. I, I was there when he prayed. I, I, I was there. I watched how he how he had his relationship with God the Father. I've seen it. And, and then, then, after I seen all, after I seen him do all of that, after I saw him do all of that, after I heard him do all of that, now, now you're going to tell me, after I've seen him do that, the same power that he had to do it just functioned in me, and you want me to be quiet now? It's, it's one thing to just see him do it, but now the same power that helped him do it just allow me to do it. And now you want me to be quiet. Now you want me to be quiet. It, it would be one thing. It would be one thing if I just saw somebody else get their needs met. But then after he met my need, now you want me to be quiet. Okay. Okay. It would, it would be one thing if I saw one person come out of their depression. But now that he brought me out, you want me to be quiet Okay. Okay. It, it would be one thing. It would be one thing if 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 one person, if just one person was sick, but but after it caught me and he healed me, now you want you want me to be quiet. Now we can't stop telling about all the things that we've seen and heard. I know you want us to be quiet, but unfortunately, I can't stop now. Now y'all y'all still don't like none of this. Point number three. If y'all get this, we go. I can't stop now. In spite of your warning, I can't stop now because I'm a witness. I can't stop now. Because I'm not done winning. I'm not done. Not done. Still got winning to do. Look, look at 21 and 22. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for the miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for 40 years. Now, this is what you got to understand, y'all. The enemy thrives on empty threats and broken promises. The Bible refers to Satan as the deceiver, the father of lies. He thrives on empty threats and broken promises. Okay. So so when so so when 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 verse 21 says that the council threatened them further. That's evidence that, that, that the enemy is functioning in them. Now, I, I, need, I, need, I need to say this. I need to say this just, just for, just for your, your benefit. Uh, just as a side note, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Because people, including you, can be being used by the enemy and not even know it. Okay? You, you, if, if, you, if you really... If you really uh, uh, are, are a mature Christian, you will admit that there are times where you said some stuff or was about to say some stuff and you did some stuff or was about to do some stuff and, and, and the Holy Spirit grabbed you up real quick and you realize, man, if I would have did that, that, that would that, that wouldn't even, God ain't had nothing to do with that. That ain't, right? So, 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 so there, this council is threatening them against the name of Jesus. And, and the Bible says that they finally let him go because they didn't know how to punish him without causing a riot. The, empty, the enemy thrives on empty threats and broken promises. And so we understand that uh, Peter and John understand that the enemy can only get away with what God allows. So they're, they're, not, they're not moved by these empty threats or these broken promises because they understand that the enemy's power only goes as far as, God's, as God allows it. So, so because, because God wouldn't allow any further action, they were forced to let them go. And we know, we know that God wouldn't allow any further action because even the council recognized if we push any further, we're going to have a riot on our hands. Okay. All right. So, so 
uh, Peter and John are now, they done spent the night in jail. They've been in court, in the court of public opinion. They're dealing with empty threats and broken promises from a council of religious leaders that want them to stop preaching the name of Jesus. They want them to stop giving any testimony. They want them to stop making any proclamations, any declarations. They want them to stop talking in the name of Jesus. They want them to cut all of it out. And they continue to threaten them. But the Peter and John, this is, this is what we got to understand. Sometimes, sometimes in dealing with the enemy, all you got to do to win is have a little bit of spiritual stamina. Because eventually, eventually the enemy will run out of threats. As a matter of fact, uh, Pastor of Change Church, Dr. Darius Daniel said, uh, uh, when the enemy, when the enemy can't make you give in, he'll try to make you tired. So sometimes... Sometimes all you need is just a little bit of spiritual stamina and and they're listen, they're making threats and there is nothing documented where Peter and John are responding to these threats. I told y'all sometimes when the Holy Spirit will teach you when to be quiet. They're making all these threats. Peter and John just standing there listening. Just standing there waiting, standing there watching. Make all these threats. Council finally understands, you know what? We we can't we can't hold them no more. We can't hold them no more. Why? Because the people that Peter was talking to before he was arrested are still outside praising God. And that, that the council understands that the people are waiting for Peter and John to come back out. And they know that these people are already worked up. And if we hold them any longer, we, we don't have nothing to, to punish them on. We already killed who they followed falsely and if we do this again we're gonna have a riot on our hands we got away with it the first time because the first time really all of us were guilty but if I do it again now I really got a problem on my hands what does that tell us that tells us that when they did it to Jesus Jesus says I'm taking the punishment so that you don't have to go through that okay so so Peter Peter and John stand there they say we we can't do anything else with them the council threatened them and threatened them and threatened them and finally they let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without setting off a riot is there is there anybody is there anybody that has ever had to had to stand up and stick your chest out hold your head up and talk to the enemy for yourself pastor wasn't answering the phone grandma wasn't around wasn't nobody there with me I had to talk to the enemy for myself and say you better get up off of me before we start tearing some stuff up around here because it looks like I'm by myself right now. But there are some people who have been interceding for me. There's some people who've been praying for me. There's some people who've been fasting for me. And if you don't get up off of me right now, then everybody who's on my side might tear some stuff up around here. Peter and John, Peter and John are released because, they, because the council doesn't want to deal with the people of God. Bible says for everybody's out there praising, praising God for the miraculous sign, the healing of a man laying 40 years. Now, I'm going to give you this last thing. We're going to go. The, 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 they're praising God for the healing of a man who's been lame 40 years. Now, y'all know me. I'm going to ask the questions. Y'all don't want to ask the questions. I'll ask the questions. I ask the question, why was it important? For the Bible to tell us that this man has been crippled for 40 years. Okay. Why? Why, 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 was this, why was this important? Why, why was it important for us to know how old this man is? Why is that important? Uh, and the Spirit of God told me that the reason why, because, because when we read this story in chapter 3, it didn't say how old the man was. We don't know. We don't know how long he's been crippled. We don't find this out until chapter four. So why is it important in chapter four that we know how long this man has been crippled? Spirit of God said to me, the reason why I need you to know how long the man has been crippled is because I need you to go up there on Sunday morning and remind the people that there is no time frame on a miracle from God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you? Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't getting on it. 
they're, they're praising and healing God for the miracle of a man who's been crippled for 40 years. This man has been desiring the same thing for 40 years. For 40 years, the Spirit of God said, don't worry about how long you've been waiting. Know that as long as you're here, there's still time. Uh, uh, as, as, long, as long as God woke you up this morning, that means that there's still purpose for you. That means that there's still a chance for you to receive your miracle. Don't worry about how long you've been waiting. This man been waiting for the same thing for 40 years and, and it don't matter how long you've been waiting because as to God he's the same yesterday today and forevermore when it comes to God he don't care nothing about no time God don't function in time God says whatever how whatever the time frame is I said it so he says as long as you still here know that there's still time this is why you can't stop now you getting ready to give up now no don't you know this man waited for 40 years now I'm not saying that you gonna have to wait 40 years for some of us we might only have to wait a couple of days for others of us you might be waiting 60 years i don't know when your time frame is all i know is that if you hear me today that there is still time for you and you can't stop now whatever you do don't stop declaring the name of jesus whatever you do don't stop preaching the name of jesus whatever you do don't stop saying the name of jesus whatever is happening in your life i came here to tell you one thing and that is that you can't stop now now. Is anybody okay with the fact that God is still, whatever you're doing in this seat, don't do it, but I still got time in this season. Is there anybody that's willing to give God praise and say, God, I know I've been waiting for a while, huh? but the Bible says that after you suffered a little while, mm -hmm, that you shall receive a harvest as long as you don't give up. I told you all you need is a little spiritual stamina. God, God, God says God says in his word that, 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 that he'll, he'll prepare a, a table before the presence of your enemy, so it don't matter what kind of counsel you're in front of. Don't none of that even matter. God is still doing his God thing, and whatever you do, you can't stop now. Let's stand and give, go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, we praise you. We honor you. God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your spirit, and God, we thank you for your son. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, for we understand that it is by that name, by that name and that name only are we able to have salvation. We understand that it is because of that name that there is healing. Because of that name, there's deliverance. Because of that name, there's peace. There's joy. Because of that name, there's protection and security. Because of that name, there's comfort. And God, we thank you for that today. God, we pray right now asking that you would provide the spiritual stamina for your people and that even when times get rough, that we would that we would look to the hills from which cometh our help and understand and remember that all of our help comes from you. God, help us not to give up now. Help us to draw close to you. Help us to draw strength from you. As we continue to be obedient to you. God, I pray right now that, that if someone that's hearing me is getting ready to give up and they don't have a relationship with you, God, my prayer right now is that they would just try Jesus. Your word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We, we ask right now that they would just try Jesus. God, we pray that anybody that's feeling lonely and ready to give up, that you would send them to abundant faith. Bring them into the Abundant Faith family. God, we pray right now for anyone that's going through uh, turmoil and anyone that's going through despair, anyone that's going through unfavorable, unfavorable situations and circumstances. God, we ask that you would just keep them. God, we ask that you would continue to show yourself strong to your people. God, we ask that you do it so well that the miracle can't be denied. And God, we ask that you will put a praise on our lips so that it won't be silenced. God, we thank you. God, we praise you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And it's in that name we say, amen. You may be seated. Listen, anybody, real quick, anybody uh, that is here, uh, anybody that's here, um, I need everyone really quickly, Every in the sanctuary, every eye closed really quickly. We'll do this real quick. 
if if you're in the sanctuary and you need to give your life to Christ today, you need to come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to secure your place in heaven. You need to remove any doubts of what happens to you when you leave this earth. If that's you, every eye is closed in the sanctuary. Just raise your hand. Nobody watching but me and Jesus. Just raise your hand. All right. Uh, online, same thing. If, if you need to give your life to Christ today, just type salvation in the comment section. Or you can text it to the number on your screen, 317-520-1892. I just text it to the number on your screen. All right. Every eye still closed. If you are here and you need a church home, you need a family to pray for you, pray with you, comfort you, go through life together. You need a church home, a church family. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand in the sanctuary online. Type the word family in the comment section or text it to the number on your screen. 317-520-1892. One word, family. All right. All right. I want to pray for you real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again. God, I pray right now that anyone who doesn't know you would be drawn to you. Let your spirit draw them in, that their lives will be changed forever and their souls will be saved. God, we pray right now that anybody that's on the fence, that they make the declaration today. God, we pray for any lonely soul that is a spiritual orphan and does not have a church home, that you would bring them into the fold and that we can do kingdom work together. God, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. It's in that name we say, amen. All right, y'all. Um, listen, it's time to shift. Uh, we got to take care. Uh, of our kingdom business uh, but before we do y'all before we do I want you real quick to just put your hands together and give God praise for not allowing you to quit not allowing you to give up not allowing you to to fall and give the enemy victory over your life but you are a living testimony and we thank God uh, for that today let's let's handle our kingdom business y'all it's giving time uh, and so we got to take care of, amen, amen. We should be excited because we serve a providing God. We serve a providing God and we only have anything to give because he has provided for us. Uh, I love, I love this. It, this isn't mine. This isn't mine, but I, I loved it when I heard it. Somebody said that when you, when you tithe, you're not giving God 10%. Okay. You're not giving God 10%. God is giving you 90%. Okay. And so, and so uh, we, we take it as a privilege and an honor to be able to serve God uh, with our giving uh, and to be able to, to, to do kingdom work and be a part of his plan. Uh, and so we want everyone to, to govern themselves accordingly uh, and to be obedient to whatever it is God is telling you to do. Uh, and just know that, that here in this house, here in this house, uh, we take kingdom business very seriously. Uh, we, we take it very seriously. So it's not just about this church. It's not just about this building. And there's work to be done in this church, in this building. But it's also uh, about being able to reach the community and to show and share the love of Christ. Uh, and one of the ways that we're able to do that uh, is through consistency uh, with our giving. Uh, even how we decide what, what community events we're going to do, what outreach we're going to do. Um, we determine that. Uh, by the by the level of consistency and commitment uh, with giving so we know uh, what we can and cannot do so uh, we want everyone to govern themselves accordingly if you're online we've got uh, the ways to give on the screen for you uh, we've got three ways to give you can mail it in send a cash app or go to uh, our website afccnd.com if you're in the sanctuary and you um, don't want to give virtually uh, if you want to um, uh, fill out an envelope if you want to give that way, you absolutely can. Let us know if you need one, and we will take care of you. All right. Um, we 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 got a lot of stuff that we're that we're wanting to do uh, before the end of this year, um, both in the building and in the community. And so, uh, we would love to have your partnership uh, as we continue to 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 do God's will. All right. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. We thank you for these gifts. We ask that you would be pleased with them. And we ask that you do what only you can do. Don't just add to it, but multiply it uh, so that we can effectively do your will here on earth. And we ask right now that you would help us to give with cheerful hearts. And we ask that these gifts will be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 
Amen. While you're while you're giving, while you're giving, uh, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, I'm gonna run through this quick because we're gonna put them up. Um, uh, we're gonna put them up. So if you're watching online, stay logged in. We'll put these announcements up for you uh, after we give the benediction. But we got a few things coming up. We've got uh, we've got our bowling, our Father's Day fellowship, our Father's Day bowling fellowship uh, this coming weekend, uh, June 18th from 12 to 2, uh, thank you, from 12 to 2, and the deadline to register is June 16th, okay, June 16th, the deadline to register is June 16th, all right, so any fathers, doesn't have to be your father, any fathers that you know uh, that that would want to participate in our bowling fellowship, uh, please get registered, uh, we, the cost is $10, the $10 covers your Two hours of bowling, your shoes, uh, food, drinking, and, and of course, fellowship fun and all kind of stuff like that. And so, uh, <clears throat> so we can't wait for that. Uh, then the following weekend, we'll be having our free garage sale, uh, our free garage sale. Amen. Uh, where we'll be able to give away some of the things uh, uh, that we're not in use of right now. The only thing that I ask is that everything be uh, uh, gently used and clean. All right. Uh, because we don't want to give people things that I understand you don't have use for it, but you don't want to give somebody something that you wouldn't want. And so uh, when we give, we want to do so on a high level. Uh, so we want to make sure that what we give has, you know, has some quality. And so uh, that's going to be the following Saturday, which is June 25th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. All right. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Now, I'm going to tell you, all if y'all, if y'all, if y'all, whether you're a member or not, uh, if you hear this announcement and you want to come and participate, you got some stuff. Come on, bring your stuff. Uh, now, if you don't, if you don't let us know you're coming, you're gonna have to bring a table too. But you're more than welcome to uh, to come and fellowship with us. Uh, and then whatever we don't give away uh, Saturday, we'll take uh, to Goodwill or Salvation Army or or somewhere so that uh, it can still be put uh, to good use. This is not just clothing, all right. This isn't just clothing. So if you got you know, maybe some toys from the kids or, you know, whatever, whatever. But somebody said pots and pans, whatever it is, as long as, um, you know, it's still useful, you can bring it. I'm sure someone would make uh, good use of it. All right. And then the following weekend, you'll get more information on that. The following weekend, we'll be having our Reset Revival, uh, Mid-Year Reset Revival. Uh, and so I'm excited about that. Um, and that's going to be uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, uh, we'll be in Reset Revival, so I'm excited about all of that. Uh, so we're just we're just thankful for what God is doing. The babies had their first uh, dance rehearsal yesterday. Uh, amen, amen. So they're going to be uh, they're going to be dancing the last Sunday in July, uh, and so we're excited for that. They're excited. Um, we thank Sister Jessica for taking on that responsibility. Uh, and for heading that up for us. And so keep her in prayer. She's working with uh, with the children. And um, so so there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening, and, and we want to make sure that we're uh, as involved as possible. All right? All right. I think that's it. Uh, we can get ready to get out of here. Again, if you're watching online, please stay tuned in for a few moments if you need those announcements.